The Lord be with you and also with you. The Holy Spirit came down from heaven to teach us and lead us into truth. Alleluia. Beloved, we gather for ordered worship this Pentecost Sunday to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. We gather to worship Almighty God. The liturgy, music, and homily this day are offered in God's praise for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, service, and ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves come Sunday, your presence with us here in worship. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
May we pray. Almighty God, on this day you opened the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel that it may reach to the ends of the earth through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. On this day of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we remember the fruit of the Spirit and joyfully, gratefully, happily, day by day, receive this fruit to nourish us along the way, the journey, the path of faith. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Gathered and embraced by God's Spirit, let us bow in a moment of confession as our choir guides us in the singing of the Kyrie. the gift of thy spirit, we are everlastingly thankful. The Holy Spirit, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks, Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. 
and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the 11, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if in fact we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading verses from Psalm 104 with the Antiphon. are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Yonder is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there, living things both small and great. There go the ships and the leviathan that you form to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give when you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works who looks on the earth and trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. Now please rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 14, verses 8 through 17. Glory to you, O Lord. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. In my, if in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Do 
to be supportive of our colleagues at Boston University, Marsh Chapel, offered to gather and teach a co-curricular course this coming autumn on calling, titled Vocation. We really weren't sure anyone would sign up. Turns out the course is full with a waiting list. Why? People, it may be, of all ages are alive to the possibilities of calling, of vocation in life, which is the gift of the Spirit on this day of Pentecost, the day of Spirit. Where does our gladness meet the world's hunger? Where does your deep gladness meet the world's deep hunger? With the Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and the Phrygians and the Pamphylians of the first Pentecost, we today shall listen for that call, that calling, a call to the ministry. The first step in calling, it may be, is simply a sense of awareness, existential awareness. Awareness of the gift, the glorious gift of life. Have we forgotten the love we had at first? When did breathing become such an ordinary thing to our mind? And prayer. Have we begun with the spirit to end with the flesh? Has the vocation, the sense of self and soul that is the real marrow of Pentecost given way among us to drift, to ennui, to languid doldrums? Our culture languishes in the doldrums of a pervasive malaise. Has it caught up with us too? Wake up, it is morning. Dawn is breaking, come Pentecost. With great gladness that this is such a beautiful Charles River morning this morning, such a glorious Boston morning this morning, such a magnificent bright New England morning this morning, we can rightly remember how Marilyn Robinson ended her gem of a novel, Gilead, writing. I love the prairie. So often I have seen the dawn come and the light flood over the land and everything turn radiant at once. That word good so profoundly affirmed in my soul that I am amazed that I should be allowed to witness such a thing. <clears throat> there may have been a more wonderful first moment when the morning stars sang together and all the children of God shouted for joy but for all I know to the contrary, they still, still do sing and shout, and they certainly might well. Here on the Iowa prairie, there is nothing to distract attention from the evening and the morning, nothing on the horizon to abbreviate or to delay. Mountains would seem an impertinence from that point of view. Pentecost <clears throat> at dawn, this day, this Lord's Day, with an aching heart, with a full chest weight of the sense of 
the unnameable, radiance, goodness, song, joy, life. God has given us the gift of life. In our scripture lesson today, Acts 2, Luke is surely reminding his church and reminding us of the love we had at first. Every single one has a tongue of fire given that makes effective connection with others. Everyone is called, has a vocation, a measure of spirit. You are an unrepeatable miracle with your own fingertip, your own gait, your own voice, and your own calling. Pentecost is God at dawn with life waking up, the birth in you and me of real existential awareness. This morning is the morning of tongues, of fire, of fiery tongues, of speech that burns, heals, warms, and flames, inspires. A second step in calling, it may be, is to remember those whom you trust, those whose example, relationship, giving, and love have kindled in you real trust and so the foundation for calling. As Carlisle Marnie used to ask, who told you who you was? It may be that you learn to love Jesus in the simple rhythms of the ordinary, in the pause before meals with grace in his name, in singing hymns to him in church, at camp, in the car, in reading about his life in the Bible, in celebrating his birth in snowy December and his destiny in snow-melting April or May, in seeing older people love him, really love him, with their hands and their money and their time, and most especially with their choices. And within that, with their choices about things not to say, things not to be, things not to do. You may have learned to love him like you learned to speak English, one lisp at a time, one dangling preposition at a time, one new word at a time. His music, it may be, played the accompaniment to all of the growth and decay of life around you as you came of age. There was, say, no wall of separation, neither artificial nor sacramental nor communal, between your life and his. He was your life, and your life was his. You came to know how to trust through people who showed how to trust by how they lived. Trustworthy people. This could sound romantic, but it is not meant to be. Conflict, envy, hurt, gossip, anger, misjudgment, unfairness, tragedy, hatred, fear, abuse, neglect, betrayal, addiction, and loneliness. Those sat around the growing up table too, around the kitchen table, 
around the picnic table, around the coffee table, around the communion table. Who came close enough to you to give you a sense of trust? Who came close enough to you to give you a sense of confidence, confide, with faith, confidence in the pull and push of life? Looking back just now on this brilliant, radiant June Sunday in recollection for some of us, there was a closeness in the Christ and in the followers of Christ who raised us, a pine needle Adirondack Christ with the dawn scent of the forest primeval, a sunlit Finger Lake Christ, a blue collar Erie Canal Christ, a deep winter blizzard Christ, an autumn peak Christ, a high summer Christ, a Christ with mud on Easter shoes. You could say with accurate critique that we were more gospel people than letter people, more Peter than Paul, more Good Samaritan than justification by faith. Yet there was no forced or feigned distance between Jesus and us, between his life and our own. He was with us. He was with us in school, at home, in summer, growing, going away, coming home, in study, in marriage, in work, with us. Trust your experience. Trust your experience. Honor your instincts. Honor your instincts. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart. Your relationships are crucial. Crucial in the dawning of a sense of vocation. Whose closeness, whose friendship could, can, do, you trust when the chips are down. Relationships hold the key. Last Sunday, a friend was ordained as a rabbi, and some of us were graciously included in the service. Throughout the beautiful service, the power of trusted voices and people stood out. One said, for over 30 years, I've been in a lifelong love affair with Judaism, seeking a substantive connection to our tradition and a close, meaningful relationship with God. Close, meaningful. These are the relationships that bring out our own most selves. Another said, quoting, Another rabbi, you have to love the closeness here. When judgment comes, I am afraid that God will ask me, Zusha, why weren't you more like Zusha? Zusha, why weren't you more like Zusha? More like yourself. And for us, come Pentecost, Bob, why weren't you more like Bob? Mary, why weren't you more like Mary? Felix, 
Why weren't you more like Felix? The third Pentecost step, coming toward calling, it may be, is to ask yourself very bluntly right now about your work, to level with yourself. Say, as a young adult now, you are beginning to work, to hold a job, or in middle age, to hold a new or different job. What counts in your work relationships? Can you honestly list what is meaningful and what is not about what you do day by day? There are clues here, clues, terribly important ones. Do not, do not enslave yourself to something that diseases your soul. Life is too short for that. Richard Florida wrote recently something that gives me hope about the future of the culture and of the church and of our shared forms of ministry on Pentecost. All who are baptized are in ministry one way or another. Ministry is conferred in baptism. Florida surveyed people about what they want in work. Regarding work, he found the question, what, is often secondary to the question, with whom. Many people prefer, he wrote, the hair salon to the machine shop for work for relational reasons. Here is report on the surveys of what people most want in work. One, responsibility, being able to contribute and have impact, knowing that one's work makes a difference, being seriously challenged. Two, flexibility, a flexible schedule and a flexible work environment, the ability to shape one's own work to some degree. Three, stability, a stable work environment and a relatively secure job. Not lifetime security with mind-numbing sameness, but not a daily diet of chaos and uncertainty either. Four, compensation, especially base pay and core benefits, money you can count on. Five, growth, personal and professional development, the chance to learn and to grow to expand one's horizons, cut new ground, feel at home, be creative, design your own workspace, define your own role, have peer recognition, enjoy a work-life balance. Concluded growing segments of the population work for challenge, enjoyment, to do good, to make a contribution, and to learn. Such motivations will eventually eclipse compensation as the, the most important motives for work. The dawning of awareness, a recollection of real trust, an honest inspection leveling with yourself about what you love in work and don't, these three steps, come Pentecost, may just suffice. They are questions in calling to which we return 
all of our lives for callings change. Sometimes it is the second call, not the first, or the fourth call, not the first, that takes us closer to ourselves, to our own most selves, to our calling, to our baptism, come Spirit Day, come Pentecost. Sometimes you have dreams. Sometimes you need to edit your dreams. Awareness, trust, work. Yet, for some, there may be a fourth step this morning or some beautiful summer morning yet to come at dawn. There may be, for you, down deep, a longing this morning or some morning for service of a particular sort, a ministerial sort, a religious sort, as there was for those whom we ordained at annual conference yesterday afternoon. A sense of longing that is deeper than existential awareness, that tingling sense of life, deeper than the trust relationships of friends and family, and deeper than the modes of meaning in work exploding from human hearts on each and every Pentecost, each and every Lord's Day. This dawn day of spirit, Pentecost, this dawn day of fire, Pentecost, this dawn day of translation, interpretation, preaching, ecumenism, Pentecost, this dawn day of global Christianity, Pentecost, this dawn day of the church, Pentecost, this early morning dawn day, a deeper longer longing may burst forth for you, this Pentecost. For theirs in scripture and ours in life is this deeper longing, which is a longing for a relationship with the divine, with God. And for some who, who may find it hard to find any place else, that may come in a calling to ministry, not in the large, but in the little. St. Augustine of Hippo at long last found himself, his soul, and his true vocation by, through struggle, finding a personal relationship to God. Augustine entered the ministry. He became a priest and a bishop in North Africa about 400 AD. And then he wrote 500 letters, 200 sermons, and two great books. In some of these, he gave us great insight. And in some of these, he left us confusion and perplexity. But for Augustine, it was ordination that opened the future. Now, for most of us, baptism and confirmation and communion are more than enough. But then there are harder cases, we might say. Those who need a little bit more medication, we might say, something more. Augustine found that, or was found by that, in ordination. In an age like ours of intercultural conflict, Augustine made sense of faith's highest vision, the city of God. In a culture like ours, 
that wore the name tag of Christianity without fully understanding its meaning, Augustine celebrated the grace of God in a political climate like ours that honored highly individualized freedom and the power to choose. Augustine praised God's freedom to choose and acclaimed the freedom of God. In a highly sexualized age like ours, Augustine colorfully confessed his own wandering, his own mistakes, which he attested did test but did not exhaust the patience of God. In a religious climate like ours, which buffeted a truly spiritual belief, Augustine praised his maker and so reminded the church of the proper praise of God. His confessions, perhaps part of your summer reading, his great autobiography, is a prayer, a Pentecost prayer for the city of God, by the grace of God, in the freedom of God, to the patience of God, as the praise of God. Augustine, finally, found a relationship with God and was ordained, or better put, was ordained and found a relationship, found his calling, found a full relationship with the divine. It may be that the only way God has to fully connect to some of us, to get our attention, mute our pride, kindle our affection, is to get us into the ministry. Baptism and confirmation suffice for most, but for the real hard cases, the guy who wrote the book on pride, the gal whose picture is alongside the dictionary definition of sloth, the one who embodies real falsehood, like us, like Augustine, like me, like you, God keeps ordination in reserve. Do you hear this Pentecost, a call to ministry? Frederick Beekner's simple lines are oft quoted and they should be. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger
come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Trusting God's promise of new life, we pray for the renewal of the church, the world, and all creation. The response after, hear us, O God, will be, your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, enliven the church to speak your words of forgiveness and salvation in every language and tongue. Pour out your spirit on witness of every age, gender, and nationality. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, send cooling breezes where people and creatures are suffering oppressive heat. Save the land from drought, wildfires and excessive rain. Bless the work of those who make it possible to harness the power of the sun and the wind. Hear us, O oh God, your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, dispel human arrogance and establish leaders who are humble of heart Speak peace into all the world. Overcome prejudice and fear. Move us to support aid organizations and those who provide aid to immigrants and refugees. Hear us, O Lord. Your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit. You hear us when we cry to you. Bring clarity and hope to those living with dementia, anxiety, depression, or addiction. Accompany those who feel weak and worn. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. Come, Holy Spirit, reveal your love through families of all shapes and sizes. Bring joy to co-parents, single parents, and those without children. Bless extended families, 
foster families, adoptive families, and families of friends. Bring closure and healing to broken relationships. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy is great. We commend these and all our prayers to you, O oh God. Come near to us with your saving help. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. And now, with the confidence of children of God, we now pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Good morning. We welcome you again to the nave of Marsh Chapel, whether you are seated here with us in the sanctuary, listening live via radio or internet broadcast, or later via the podcast, please know you are a valued member of our community. For those of you seated here in the sanctuary, we ask that you write your name and contact information on the red pads at the end of each pew toward the center aisle. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. Please join us after the service for lemonade and light refreshments out on Marsh Plaza and enjoy the beautiful weather. Our staff coordinator, uh, Heidi, reminds each of you that um, call your Marsh Chapel your home to fill out the update of contact information form found in your bulletin today or is also accessible online for those of you listening on the radio. Next Sunday at 9.45 a.m. in the Marsh Room downstairs, please join us for our Father's Day brunch open to all. We ask that if you plan to attend, please RSVP to Heidi at hrf at bu.edu. For all other news and upcoming events, please follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and our website at bu.edu slash chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now as the ushers uh, come forward for our offering, let us remember that it is a gift to be a giver. Mm -hmm. 
gracious, loving, holy God, we give you thanks for your multiplicities of provision in our lives. So bless and multiply these our gifts of money, symbol of our time, our life energy, our resources, and our faith, that the giving may become receiving, and the receiving may become giving, in the power and creativity of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us, melt us, mold us, fill us, use us. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. 